Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. I am your host, Don McKinnon of Legacy Church in Sutton, Massachusetts. And, man, the change of the weather really affects me. Um, I might be clearing my throat quite a bit. Uh, I have asthma, and I don't know why, but over the last um, 20 months, you know, since this um, thing that shall not be talked about uh, started, I have not... um, trying to think of how to describe it i just i just all of a sudden like my my asthmatic symptoms came back and uh, i did i did catch the pandemic um and uh i don't know maybe that was it i i was asymptomatic though but i know some people say that uh even if you're asymptomatic afterwards you've had some some uh some uh, after effects, but yeah, I've noticed that, uh, and I don't have my inhaler handy, so uh, it's funny, if I take my inhaler, my voice goes back to normal, so if you're kind of hearing and you're like, what's up with his voice, um, that's what's going on right now, I'm, I'm sitting here and, uh, you know, but uh yeah we're we're at legacy church we're gearing up for christmas right now um but not in our traditional sense we usually are a part of the town chain of lights and i know that sounds weird for a revitalization to not be a part of something that the town is doing but um this year um well, last year they had announced that because of the pandemic, they were not going to host it for 2020. And then as 2021 began and the first meeting that is supposed to be is uh, January, they announced that uh, they were not going to hold a chain of lights for 2021. And so... Our team kind of, the the team that we have kind of got a little um, devastated. Like one of one of the women on the team, um, she had been staying away from the church and just watching online because uh, her health, her her um, she's got an autoimmune disease. And then one of the other uh, ladies on the team, uh, she ended up moving to New Hampshire. And so it was just my wife. And my wife was like, well, we'll just wait till 2022. And uh, in late May, early June, the town decided that they were going to do a chain of lights. And so uh, my wife just met with some some of the people in the church and they felt because in 2017 we did it in a relatively similar time uh frame 
and it wasn't as good as we've been able to do the last uh, three years. So it was one of those things where they just decided to not um, to not do it. So <clears throat> that's why we're not a part of it, and we're not the only one. I know at least one other church is not going to be a part of it, and they're a much larger church. Um, but a lot of it has to do with um, just the timing and how people want to focus on their church, you know, on the on the community, and uh, they've lost they've lost quite a bit. I mean, it's it's not just churches that have been affected by the pandemic. There are other businesses and opportunities that have, and so um, in this case, we. We looked at it and we said, um, you know, we didn't feel as bad. We're going to miss it, but we're still doing our festive family film night. The f- um, well, not the following week, because the following week I'm actually going to be uh, in Missouri graduating, getting my master's degree officially. Um, I, I, could, I mean, I guess technically I have it. If you go on the website, it says conferred. So uh, I am a master, um, but... Um, the the way it is, uh, I am going for the graduation the following week, which would be traditionally our festive family film night. So we're going to host it the following weekend and see how that goes. So uh, we've got festive family film night. Our youth group is putting that together, and so um, uh, it's it's going to be something for the town. And we've actually. Um, begun doing a really major uh, change in how we do that. But that will be another podcast. So, plus also, um, I'm not in the office right now. I, I, I did get a new chair. I will say that. I did get a new chair. It does not squeak. I love it. Um, but uh, I am changing stuff. I have a new desk in there. So, um, there is a lot of, uh, things changing in there and, um, well, the, uh, over the next few weeks, uh, I will be in there with Natalie and we will do a, um, a podcast and you will be able to hear how good it is. Anyway, um, so going to the reason of this podcast, the theme of this particular episode we are going to be talking about prayer in revitalization. We might have touched upon this before, but I want to say that prayer is something that's important. Um, prayer is something that my church um, has loved to do. We um, we began a night of prayer, which uh, happens to be two uh, Thursday nights. We're going to be moving it to Wednesdays come... Um, uh, January, because uh, we have had some people that have not been able to attend the Thursday night um, prayer group uh, for for work reasons or for uh, other things that are going on in their life. Plus, also, we're actually going to be adding a Thursday night service. I know that sounds weird because some people will do a Wednesday night service, but um, we're adding a Thursday night service to uh, get people um, to uh, come out to the church and worship with us. And um, uh, 
you know, we, we live in a sports-minded town, and so um, after much prayer, talking about prayer in this episode, um, we here at the church just felt that Thursday nights we should begin a midweek service and see what happens with that. So um, that's what we're going to do, and we'll see where God takes it from there. But um, anyway, so... Um, here we are, and why why are we talking about prayer? Well, prayer is um, an essential part of the church. So, number one, prayer being the essential part of the church. And when you go into the Bible, you see in the New Testament a lot of um, verses about prayer. and um, Paul writes it in... Uh, I believe it's First Thessalonians, um, where he, he's sitting there and he's telling the church to basically pray unceasingly, or you know, never stop praying. I think is how the New Living Translation uh, calls it: never stop praying. And I think a lot of people, especially in a revitalization, you know, if they've if they've lost heart, if they have. Uh, been out of touch reading their Bible and uh, knowing the gospel and just what um, the church is all about, um, they they do not understand that that is what is supposed to be um, a, a huge, huge part of the church. So um, you need to teach them how to pray. You need to bring them back to prayer. There is just this vital importance of it. So we need to emphasize it. Um, and we need to, to begin to give them that opportunity. Uh, I've been told by a number of people within our state convention and local association that they don't see that many churches having uh, a time of prayer during service. You know, it might be something brief, as I've been told, something where the pastor gets up there, reads the scripture, and then prays, and then jumps into it. But there's nothing like a corporate time of prayer, a prayer for uh, people go- people in your church, things going on nationally, um, locally, you know, just people praying. And that when you start doing that, you're starting to emphasize the importance of prayer within your church. And I think that's where a lot of people, excuse me, as I grab a, a sip of something to wet my throat, um, I think that's where people need to understand that, um, especially if you're leading a group, uh, you know, a small group, you got to emphasize the prayer. You got to bring that prayer time back and, and don't be afraid, you know, don't make it that, hey, we're going to do a quick one, two minute time of prayer. No, make it something that's five, 10 uh, minutes. Pushing 15 is, is uh, I think, especially depending on uh, what you're giving yourself the time for this worship service, especially if you're doing an hour worship service and you're kind of strict on that time, you really need 
to know what you're going to be praying. Um, keep a list with you as you're up there praying and making sure that you're hitting uh, the points on the list that you want to. But um, that's what you need to do. Um, you need to uh, point out that prayer is that important part. Number two, we've already said this, um, we need to, to make this prayer fervent. Um, in other words, we need to be uh, really addicted to prayer. We need to, if, if you're going to have a time of prayer during your service, maybe even a time of prayer during the week, like we added, the one thing that you got to do is you've got to make sure that people understand how important this is. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those times where we've seen the prayer group go up and down in people attending. And the thing is, and this is what I've been told, is that if you can have a time of prayer during the week, uh, midweek or, or whatever, um, and get a lot of people to attend that time of prayer, it's going to be um, huge. People will be attending it. People are going to um, embrace it more. And... Um, excuse me, people will be attending it more, um, and people are going to, like, make the time to be there. You know, we have people in our own church that make time. I, I get messages from people who are not able to attend, and one thing that we do, which sounds weird, is, um, because we began it as a men's night of prayer, um, we we've split into the men and the women like the women started doing it um themselves and we've we've had times where we come together as uh two groups into one but um it's one of those things where uh you know the men are coming the men are praying you know a lot of the men are praying for me as the pastor uh praying for the church praying for um their own concerns um, and I know the women are doing the same, but um, one of the things is is that we have people who are doing it um, in this way because that's kind of some of the traditions that they came from. Uh, it's not that we want to segregate um, the two the two genders, but um, this is what uh, we have going on, and it's actually worked. Um, there are nights where there's more women than men praying, and there's been a few nights where there's been more men than women praying. Um, but it's it's one of those things which I think has really kind of helped bond the people. Um, we've gotten to know more about uh, some of the men in our, our church uh, through doing it this way, separating the way we have, um, and just praying up and... Uh, really, you know, I, I got to say this, honestly, there are nights where um, we've come together and we've prayed and just so much is going on. And when that final amen is done, you feel recharged. So, um, yeah, you got to pray, uh, you know, fervently. And that's the thing. Uh, no matter what, we have a night of prayer going on. Um, when I have not been here uh, due to something, like I won't be here 
uh, one night in December because I'll be in Missouri getting ready for my graduation. Not trying to emphasize that, guys. Um, but, you know, that's the one thing is I know that we have a guy here who's already said, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet with the men that night. I'm going to be here. I'm going to meet with the men that night, and we're going to pray. So we're going to have that night of prayer going on. And um, Natalie's got uh, a woman who's going to be uh, meeting with the women to lead the, the night of prayer. And she's had that before. And that is a good thing. When you already have a leader, and here's the other thing. If you're trying to build up leaders within your church, it's the perfect night to begin it. Because, um, you know, all they got to do is is just kind of... Um, write up a few things that's on their mind to pray for and just go from there. So perfect, you know, fervent prayer. The last point is this. The last point is this, is prayer is laying down at the feet of our king. All our concerns, which he wants. Uh, the Bible tells us to lay everything to the Lord and that is the thing that we we've kind of lost. Um, you know, we're in a world where things are so um, not you know everything is self sufficient. We're um, we're sitting there, and uh, people are asking, "What can they do?" I see it with some churches where um, they're they're more concerned about what things can they do. You know, what do they have the money for? Um, you know, what's within their their range right now? Uh, a lot less. Um, you know, what does God want us to do? Or um, more probably more in line with you know what are we to do? And so, in this case, you know, you're really bringing that to the, to the Lord. You know, we've been praying uh, for a number of things. And here's the thing, you know, we, 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 we're to pray constantly. At the same time, uh, Jesus gives us the, the parable of the persistent widow going to the judge um, until the judge finally relents and gives her what she's asking for. And that's one one key thing we've had within our uh, prayer time right now is we have had uh, people praying. I know one guy, he's been out of work for two years. He's an older gentleman. Um, he knows that ageism might be a factor. Uh, but he has just been praying for the last two years for God to give him a job. You know, he's uh, an accountant and he has been searching high and low for a job within uh, the financial field in that. And he's gone on a number of interviews and hasn't ended up with, with a job yet. And so that's been the uh, big thing that... Uh, he's been praying for. Um, and while he's wanted to lose heart, he's reminded of the persistent widow and that he needs to continue to pray. Um, 
we have uh, another person who's been praying for the salvation of a neighbor who's like a son to him. And um, he's he's seeing, he's slowly starting to see uh, the prayers breaking through as he's been coming now uh, over the last several weeks, asking questions and, and uh, really sincerely seeking uh, the Lord and that's what's what's begun to happen. But the thing is, is that uh, we've got to remember that God isn't going to always answer right away. And so uh, one thing as a church we've been praying for is a youth leader. You know, uh, we have a group of teens here at our church, and we know that those teens would be better served weekly than once a month, which is uh, about all the bandwidth I have right now to do. Um with everything going on at the church, um, but we have uh, a, a need and a desire to see somebody, you know, preferably a, a married couple that would be able to come here and pour into our our youth group, you know, and that's been one of our prayers for oh, almost a year and a half now, and, um, you know, I know that we have... Um, prayers for uh, uh, someone to take over the children's ministry from my wife because my wife's heart is for um, women's ministry. But the, these are what we do. We take those things and we lay them at the feet of God because that's what we're told to do and that's what we should be doing as a church. You know, uh, we've seen, we've seen it. We had, uh, when I first got here, we had the furnace in the sanctuary go on Christmas Eve. And I said, we'll pray that God will provide the money because we didn't have the money at the time to replace it. And within two months, uh, God had placed it on the heart of another uh, church or an individual. I don't know who, but it was an anonymous donation. Um where they gave the money for us to buy a brand new furnace for that. And so when you have the testimony of a prayer like that being answered, you, you're going to keep going on with your prayer. And so that's our prayer right now. You know, we know that God's going to answer it. We just don't know when, but we're holding on to the hope that soon, Hopefully, you know, I kind of want it to be, I want it to be now because I see these teens and I know that they need um, the, day, the the weekly challenge, the weekly inspiration, the weekly um, encouragement from someone who knows uh, the, the teen culture and what's going on. And, um, you know, that's my, that's my prayer is that God is going to um, answer that. And so that's what we need to be doing. We need to be laying all our concerns at the feet of Christ um, when we're praying, because that's what we're told to do in the Bible. And that's what we have to do. We should be doing it. We need to be doing it. If we're not doing it, we're breaking uh, that one command. And that's what we need to be doing. So, you know, go to go to the feet. Pray for uh, guests to, to come that Sunday. Pray for the guests to stay. Pray for sticky guests. Uh, I know that's a, probably a term nobody likes. Um, uh, I, I don't know, but, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to be praying 
that there's going to be people who come who see what's going on, like it, and and realize that they can be a part of helping this church revitalize. So that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, give us a like, uh, subscribe, uh, share on uh, social media, uh, let people know that you are listening to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. Um, give us a review on uh, iTunes and Spotify and wh- wherever you're listening. Uh, that helps us get the message out. But I'm going to say that um, you know in the coming weeks, we're going to have some interviews going on and some other uh, great topics that we're going to discuss. Um, we've got some changes going on even with our podcast right now, um, which I will um, explain when the time comes. But in the meantime, um, I hope that you're doing well. Remember, Pastor, uh, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Um, you will find that that pastor that you're get you know getting those jealousy sin feelings of is got a lot on his plate too. So um, for the for the staff here at the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast, I'm going to say. We love you, God bless, and we'll see and talk to you soon.